Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View. The coast celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a wonderful place to live, work, and play. And uh, celebrating Mississippi, for that matter, this show today is a, is a lot about the about Mississippi, and you'll understand more about that in just a second. Uh, I often quote John Muir, the naturalist, the, the conservationist, the, the writer. The one you hear me talk about the most, the one you hear me quote the most is this one. And into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul. Man, does Mississippi have some outdoors to lose our soul in. Our incredible outdoors make this state among the most enjoyable and breathtaking on earth. That is really true, and you'll hear more about why we we believe that here shortly. Um, I've said this many times before, but there really is something exhilarating about immersing yourselves in the outdoors. Um, you You can literally feel your blood pressure drop. You can feel your mind become more creative. You can... uh, you can you, you feel closer to your family and your friends, and you feel closer to God. You can take a deep breath of coastal Mississippi salt, salt air, for example, and really understand it. You know exactly what I mean, those of you who are here on, in coastal Mississippi. Or you can breathe the, bris, the uh, crisp mountain air, the Woodall Mountains up in northeast Mississippi, or take a slow, deep breath at any point in between. And you'll experience what John Muir also described this way. Nature's peace will flow into you like sunshine flows into trees. Enjoying the, out, enjoying the outdoors is a big part of the Mississippi heritage. And that's one of the reasons I talk about it so often here on Coast View. Um, I think it's important. It's part of our DNA. Whether you like hunting or fishing or simply just kind of soaking up the, the, so, the, 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 the other outdoor activities that, that, that are too many to list here, uh, you get an understanding of why that's at the core of this great state. It's one of the things that, that transcends the political the, the beliefs uh, that we have here uh, these days. Instead of tearing us apart, which is too often the case these days, outdoor recreation brings us together. It best defines us. William Shakespeare said this, the earth has music for those who listen. That is so true. We are blessed in Mississippi to have such a strong appreciation for our tradition of enjoying the outdoors. I like to paraphrase Shakespeare to say this, the outdoors in Mississippi has music for those who listen. My guest today once said this, the outdoor industry gives me a living, but it's, it, but it's deeper than that. I'm going to be in the woods by myself and pray and think about my relationship with God and family. Thank God for his grace and love and forgiveness. I get that at church, but this is an extension of that. It's a deep, it is so deep-seated. I don't have to pull the trigger, release the arrow, or catch a fish. It's the, it's the experience. He knows better than most that the outdoors in Mississippi has music for those who listen because he has made his name Primos, an international brand for hunters, by making game calls and other outdoor products. In fact, the brand promise for Primos hunting is speak the language. I'm thrilled today to have one of Mississippi's most important outdoors ambassadors, the star of the uh, the first true reality TV show, uh, Primo's Truth About Hunting, and the founder of Primo's Outdoors, Will Primo's. Good morning, Will. Will, how you doing, buddy? Good morning. 
Yeah, you you make emotions swell up in me. <laughs> well, but, uh, I, I think I know where you got that quote from. But, uh, you know, you you don't remember everything that you say all the time, but how true all those things are for me. You know, when you hear when you hear that quote from uh, from from Muir, that into the forest we go to lose our minds and find our soul. You know that better than most, don't you? You know, I do. And it's amazing that here I am on Coastview because all of this really started on the coast in the admirable Mississippi, specifically Langley Point. It was an oyster shell road that once you went so far down what was then, I assume it still is today, racetrack road, it became the Langley Point Road. And there wasn't but two houses on that. There was, there's more now, of course. Katrina took a lot of them and have not been re rebuilt. I guess the first time I was there was probably uh, 1957, five years old. Uh, I grew up at summers there. My family was in the restaurant business and my mama and daddy and my mama's parents bought this home on the tip of Langley Point. And it was a ranch style house, was not on stilts like they are now. And I grew up catching green snakes and frogs and fishing. And I, I'm a master at catching hard-headed catfish and croakers and sheephead and drum. And my specialty was gaff-top catfish. I had a little boat later on when I got older, and I'd row out into the channel where the shrimp boats came out of uh, Back Bay and went under the, the bridge would open. Of course, that bridge has changed now. There was Back Bay Bridge. There was an old... Uh, hardware store, and I'm trying to remember the name of that hardware store. As you went south, it was on your left before you crossed the bridge, and that 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 store had turkey calls in it. And I was a little kid; I ain't been turkey hunting yet. I'm looking at all this. I mean, so all of this is unbelievably connected because it all really started on Langley Point in the Iberville, Mississippi. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was. I didn't know that history. You know, I've I've known you for a long time. I've known of you for even longer. Um, you know, your your video series were, were extremely popular. Now your now your TV show, your brand. For anyone who loves the outdoors, they know the Will Primo's brand. But it is so interesting to learn that this coast connection and your love of the outdoors began to grow during that time. Your dad, I think he went to Tulane, right? And he was in World War II yeah, and for a while. came to Gulf from Ole Miss. Yeah, he was in yeah. Tulane for a while. Yeah, his daddy came over on the boat, landed in New Orleans, and that's where he came in with his mother. He was eight years old. It was 1908, and she fled uh, a war in Turkey and Greece. Her husband was killed, my, my granddaddy's daddy. And so they came over with five siblings and her and tried to make a living. They, they knew nobody or nothing, and they they learned the restaurant business, really. Learned how to bust tables, wait tables, wash dishes, steal French bread from this side of town and deliver it to that side of town. You know, the, the stories my granddaddy would tell me. He died in 1979, but he was he was quite a, quite a gentleman. 
You know, I, I had uh, Fofo Gillis, the mayor of uh, Biloxi, on last week, and we talked about the uh, the impact the Croatian community has had on the point of Biloxi. But you know, they, you know, Anne's grandmother, my wife's grandmother, came here in 1908 from Croatia. So you know, there's this great influ- infusion of people that came to coastal Mississippi, really from all over the world, and had so many impacts. And it's so interesting to see that your family had this connection as well. But boy, you know, when you think about Back Bay and fishing in Back Bay, it brings back great memories for you, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh. It's changed so much. You know, in 1969, Camille, although it was not that big a storm, it was a very focused storm, and it wiped the house out. Uh, there was nothing left when we got down there. I was 15 years old, and we got down there. there it, it was like you had cleaned off in the, in the point. There was nothing. No, There was nothing except a stack of dishes from the kitchen cabinet, still stacked right where they would have been. And we still have those dishes today. <laughs> Cook wow. That's take so, them all. <laughs> that is so, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. You know, coming back to the role that the outdoors plays in Mississippi, one of a couple of numbers I like to look at. First of all, farming in the state, farming. Number one industry in Mississippi, $7.45 billion. Outdoor recreation spending, $8 billion. But see, I don't have to tell you that. You've made a living understanding the role that outdoor recreation spending plays. But, boy, outdoors, I cannot overstate how important that industry is, not only to our state of mind, but to our economy. It's extremely important, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it crosses every segment of the population from a blue-collar worker, somebody who's trying to put foot on the, food on the table, to a lawyer, to a CEO of a bank. It's a great, incredible escape. One day, I, I was so stressed out. I, running the company and building the company was a real job. And a lot of people thought I had this dream job. But as I did most everything every day that I didn't want to do to have a little bit of time to do what I wanted to do. And I think that's typical of most people in life in their work, in their work history. Because there's a lot of things that I didn't want to have to do. I didn't want to have to fire people. I didn't want to have to motivate people. I didn't want to have to uh, take that back. I didn't want to have to try to motivate. You can't motivate anybody. They have to motivate themselves. But at any rate, you know, if you look at all of those things, I told Brad Ferris, he said, we're going turkey hunting tomorrow morning. I said, Brad, I, I, I ain't, my mind's on it. I can't do it. He says, yes, you are. You're going. So we went. Turkey gobbled. I sat down. And it took about an hour. And that turkey came. I shot that turkey, and I turned and looked at Brad, and I went, that's the most cleansing thing that could have ever happened to me. And he said, what do you mean? I said, there was nothing on my mind, nothing on my mind, but being able to get that turkey in that spot. So when John Mark Muir says, and into the farce we go to lose our mind and find our soul, you know that really well. Hey, listen, we're coming to the end of the segment. When we come back, we're going to talk about how your family influenced how you came to enjoy and become sort of you know, obsessed with the outdoor very young in age. And then what that did is lead you to, to getting into game calls, starting a game call business in 1976, and then that emerged into Primus Outdoors. The TV show, or at least in the early days, the, the TV video series, or the video series evolved, and it became a TV show. And then this Primos brand sort of emerged as this international, international brand, and you became sort of the ambassador for Mississippi Outdoors. We're going to talk about all those things. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Will Primos. Look forward to it. 
talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Will Primos. Uh, if you if you love fishing and hunting or the outdoors, especially hunting, you probably know the Primos brand extremely well. And to learn that Will Primos has this sort of coastal connection. Uh, but like so many of us in the outdoors, you know, we all find our connection in one way or the other. Most usually it's through a family member. So your cousin Jimmy and you went hunting once and y'all, y'all shot a blackbird. And, and along the way, you had your, your uncles played a huge role in your love of the outdoors. Let's talk about how you got connected so significantly to the outdoors through your family. I don't know why I was so drawn to it. We lived on 52 acres, that little pond, so we could do some small game hunting and, and that we could go fishing. But Jimmy was five years older than me. He is five years older than me. And he was my hero. I mean, think about it. I'm five years old. Jimmy's 10. That's a huge difference when you're that young. And Jimmy gave me a, a Crossman pellet gun. You actually screwed a cylinder of gas onto the end, a big cylinder of gas, and filled this tube on the gun, under the gun with this gas. And then that's what propelled the, the pellet. The Jimmy was done with, he got a better one. So he, he gave me that one. And he took me on my first hunt, which was for a blackbird. And uh, I killed a big old crackle blackbird. And Jimmy said, now you're going to eat it. You're gonna, so he, he made me pluck it. We put it on a stick, built a fire, roasted it, and I ate it. It was great. I, I remember that to this day. Jimmy thought he was being funny because he was kind of poking at me. But, you know, my daddy worked a lot. Daddy, daddy, I, I have my father's 16-gauge Model D Fox. And it, I wish I had it here to show you. It, it, I love this gun. I took it to South Dakota two years ago and killed some sharp-tailed grouse with it. Unbelievable. I have, had the gun refitted just for me. But Daddy hunted, but Daddy was working all the time. And he wasn't into duck hunting or deer hunting, but yet my uncles were. Uncle Billy was the youngest, and Gus and Alec. And so Daddy, they, they all were in the restaurant business together. And so if one of them wanted to get off to do something, all they had to do was say, we'll take Will hunting. So if they'd take me hunting, daddy'd let them, daddy'd cover for them. So, you know, I grew up with them. I, I went on my first duck hunt with, uh, with Jimmy and Alec and, uh, in Blit at Blitzdale, which is now a federal place right there around Thornton, Mississippi, um, in, in the Delta, not far from Chula. Um, and you know, I, I just went with, I went deer hunting. Billy took me on my first uh, deer hunt. I killed my first whitetail at 11 years old. All those are wonderful memories. But as, as time went on, and I, I went more and more, I began to see a relationship between where game was rich, songbirds were everywhere. I began to notice that the, the land was in better shape. It was better cared for. It was better taken care of. There was something going on. So that's when I really started becoming interested in conservation, interested in what, what made our lives richer through the outdoors. You learn, as William Shakespeare said, that the earth has music for those who listen. And you heard a lot of music, yes. didn't you? Yes, I did. And I've seen a lot of horror stories where it hadn't been done right, too. I know you have. I know you have. So let's let's talk about So when did it occur to you that the game call, your obsession with getting it right? Because over the years, your competitive advantage <clears throat> has been that you understand this nuance between the call and the animal that you're trying to call 
and you sort of mastered that. So how did you get to that point? Well, I, I think you have to back up and realize that um, I was raised in a family of restaurateurs. We had a very strong work ethic. Everybody worked and you worked hard and you worked long. So that was instilled into me no matter what I did. So I really think I started making game calls for my friend, Buck Beerman. Buck's gone to his reward. He'd be in his 90s now if he was still living. Wonderful guy. He encouraged me. He said, well, I got this mouth call. They'd only last me a couple of days. I think you, you can build me a mouth call. And I went, do what? That's what started it in the early 70s. And so I started shaping and doing and learning and doing and for long i had perfected this call and buck Deerman loved it and then all his friends wanted him one thing led to another and so finally uh, I, I had a dealer hunting uh, whitaker here in jackson selling some of my calls um and, and one thing led to another and a, a guy came down here from pennsylvania used one of my calls went back pennsylvania told a store up there they called me they were selling my calls and then I went to a show. I got off from the, I was in the restaurant business. I got off and went to a show and I'd made about a thousand calls. I sold them all. I left that show with, with close to $10,000. And I was going, holy moly, I might be able to get out of the restaurant business if I keep this up. <laughs> so that was one of the motivations because uh, I wanted to spend more time in the woods. So, you know, I am so blessed, blessed from the very, very beginning of life to have had my mother and my father as my parents. Daddy's 96, mama's 94. We just spent Mother's Day, Father's Day with them, and Mother's Day just not too long ago. In incredible, incredible people to have devoted their lives to giving me opportunity. And how many times did my daddy say, Will, you can do anything you want to do. Set your mind to it. And I was held to a higher standard by my all my family. And, you know, I, I, after I, a while, 1988, I uh, started the company in 76, but in 88, I said, okay, I'm going for it. And I sold my stock in the restaurants back to the family and, and set out and never looked back. And I had the, the only thing that made that possible is my wife. Because it wouldn't have been for Mary and have, supporting me and, and encouraging me, encouragement is a huge, it's not used enough because in life, all of us need encouragers. And uh, she encouraged me and um, we set about to go do it and uh, we did it. You know, it, it was a long, hard, but I'm going to tell you this too. People like Jimmy Primos, who came to work for me, my cousin, five years older than me, Lorena Light, my assistant for 30 years. And I could go on and on and on and, and name the guys who ran the TV and video department. They are incredible. Brad Ferris, Troy Ruiz, uh, Lake Pickle, Jordan Blissett. I, it, the, the list goes on and on. Guys from the past, Ron Jolly, uh, Kevin Meacham, Chuck Jones. There's so many of them that took that banner because they believed in what we were trying to do. And, you know, there's a book written by Tom Kelly of Spanish Fort, Alabama, called The Tenth Legion. If anybody has not read that book and they're even thinking about being a turkey hunter or are a turkey hunter, they need to read the book. It's named The Tenth Legion because the Tenth Legion of the Roman Empire was the greatest legion that ever was. And when all those original members are dead and gone, the Tenth Legion stayed great because the new members were lived to a higher standard. They wanted to uphold what the Tenth Legion stood for. That's what happened at Primo's. Everybody that came there wanted to hold it to a higher standard. 
It is amazing, though, really. If you think about the TV show, uh, people can learn more if they don't know about it. They can go do just a um, search on the Internet that says uh, Primo's Truth About Hunting, and you'll get it, and you'll get a sense of how widely distributed, how important it is to hunters. But it's interesting about the show, if you study the, the men who have come along the way, so many of them have gone on to do amazing things in the TV industry, in the hunting industry. Yes. Uh, you've you've been a mentor to so many. You mentioned you mentioned Jordan uh, Blissett and uh, Lake Pickle. Blake was actually on my show last week. He did a great job. Fine young man, but you have just mentored so many over the years. It's amazing to you, I bet, to look at them now and see where they are and see the contribution that they're making. Yeah, to be able to do something that you're passionate about, that you want to do, that 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 you that you put your heart into. And to give back along the way to all these people you meet, to give them an opportunity to, to help them. I remember when Lake came to work for us, he, he, he came and applied and he wasn't through with school yet. And we said, oh, me and Brad and some others too, Lake, if you're not going to finish school, we're not going to hire you. We made him finish college. We, that was a requirement because that's important. It's not important now for him, but it's going to be so important as life goes on for him. It, it really is. You know, I think about names like uh, Cuz Strickland <laughs> and, oh and, your, and your and your long relationship with uh, Toxie and, and Mossy Oaks. And that, you know, Mossy Oaks, another Mississippi brand that has had, you know, sort of international impact. Uh, but, man, you look back on your relationship with something like Mossy Oak and uh, it's, it, it helped it helped kind of put position you where you are today, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, so Bill Sugg, who happens to be Toxie, wasn't then, but he is Toxie's brother-in-law. He, he, he is the, the main day-to-day -day man behind Mossy Oak with Toxie. And Bill came to see me in 1986, I think it was, and held these pieces of camouflage up. I walked out in my backyard, put it on a pine tree, a water oak tree, and a, and a cherry tree. And I looked at Bill and said, I'm in. This stuff is unbelievable. <laughs> that was bottom land. I still wear it today. And, and that was how long ago? 40 years ago? I don't know. It was a long time ago. Yeah. It's an incredible story. I mean, if you think about the impact that Mississippi entrepreneurs have had on the hunting community, I keep saying around the world, but it literally is, you know, the impact is literally around the world. It's really amazing. I mean, it just helps helps you more appreciate the extension of the outdoors in Mississippi, how it impacted people, how they entrepreneurially created products and things that really touched a lot of people. Hey, when we come back, I want to, we're going to continue the conversation with Will Primos. Actually, one of the, for those of you who don't really understand hunting, um, we're not going to try to under, explain it to you now, but we will let you hear a couple of the game calls that he's developed along the way. And for people who do love hunting, it's going to bring back a lot of memories to hear Will uh, do a couple of his calls. And then we're going to shift the gears and talk about the evolution of the TV show. We'll be back after this. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. 
Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Will Primos from Primos Hunting and the Primos Truth About Hunting TV series. Hey, before we go to the game calls, I want to come back for a second. Uh, Cus Strickland, a lot of people know the name Cus Strickland, especially in the in the hunting industry because of the shows that Mossy Oaks have done over the years. But they may not know or may not remember that Cus Strickland actually started in the TV business with you. So you guys have this incredible relationship, don't you? Yeah, because is very, very special guy. He can make you laugh. He is a people guy. He just, he just, he gets it. He gets it all about what makes all this world work in relationships. And I had, I was searching for a way. I didn't have any money. So I was searching for a way to promote primos. So at that time, audio cassettes is what we listen to music with and what you could go and make one on how to do something if you wanted to. So I went and hired a guy, went to the woods and recorded a turkey hunt. And then I put together instructions and made this cassette tape. It was called, I think, Wild Turkey Hunting with Will Primos and the Southern Boys. What a stupid name. But anyway, that was <laughs> it. And Cuz was, was working at a sporting goods store called Rex in Natchez. And he got one of these tapes and he heard it. And he ended up calling me and saying, man, I, I, I've been uh, – recording hunts and doing a few of had these very little primitive video cameras and so he wanted to show me what he had and the, video cameras were not a mainstream at the time but anyway that's how cuz and i got to know each other and then i invited him to come up here to, to miss uh to jack's mississippi area and sat down in my my house and i said cuz we need to produce a video and i want to hire you and that's the start of it and then when we got through it that year, I said, I'm going to hunt whenever I can, but don't worry about me. You take anybody that'll go. And he ended up recording 12 incredible hunts. He had a backpack with a reel-to-reel system on it, wires going to a big camera, very primitive stuff. And we got through, and, and uh, Cus says, what are we going to call this thing? And I said, I don't know, Cus. Cus says, well, I can tell you one thing. It's the truth. I said, that's it. We're going to call it the truth. After the truth, we did the next one. And, and then Cus says, what are we going to call this one? I said, about the truth, too. Oh, no, no, we can't. We got to call it something different. I said, nope. I trumped that. And the truth became famous. It, I, I, we were just lucky. And there's a book called The Outliers that everybody ought to read. It is about those that have opportunities in life. Malcolm Gladwell wrote it, famous author from New York. It's about when you're born, the opportunity that you have because of the month, because of the decade, because of the year. Gates couldn't have done what he did, Vanderbilt, Rockefeller. All, all the people in life had opportunities because of when they were born. Look at your opportunities because of when you were born. And you put your 10,000 hours in, didn't you, Will? Yes, sir. You read the book. Yeah. So I've I, 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 I put more than 10,000. I put 10,000 in every one of the categories, deer, turkey, waterfowl, predator, you name it. <laughs> Well, you you so you guys uh, you guys guys ended up developing this series, this video series that came out annually for many many years. How to it, you you were really focused on making sure you weren't faking it. It was it was the hunt. It was that's one of the things that made the truth about hunting so important. Hey, when did you realize? I, I, I'm just curious about the first time you were traveling outside of Mississippi and you were in an airport and someone recognized you. When did you realize, holy mackerel, this is a big deal? A guy walked up to me in an airport and he said, are you Will Primos? And I said, yes, sir. I'm Will. How you doing? He goes, man, can I have your autograph? And I said, <laughs> you don't want my autograph. Why would he want my autograph? 
and he was so he, he thought that I didn't want to give it to him. You, know, it, you could tell I just I just deflated him. And I went, oh, no, 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 I'll give it to you. I just don't know why you won't. <laughs> but that, but it, you, know, you know, yeah, go ahead. In the world of hunting, if you if you go to a hunting show, people line up. They want to meet you. They've seen you all these years. But when you go through the airport, sometimes nobody, sometimes five. So it, hunting is a very small industry. You you never know, do you, man? You never know. Just, you know, the people you touch. It is a small industry, but it's one where those who are engaged in it are so darn passionate about it. So during the offseason, we all want to watch Primo's Truth About Hunting because we want to be reminded about, you know, wh what we're going to get when we get we get to the summertime and start getting ready to plant our food plots and all that. <laughs> You're sort of the link between the reality of, you know, the, 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 the unfortunate downtime that we have between hunting seasons and getting the hunting season it's a great reminder for people they, they escape because of you hey do me a favor grab your turkey call this read that you developed it's not just any mouth call it's you a very a specific call a mouth, mouth call, call what you want let's do a mouth call to start out with so because isn't that the first that's the first thing you did yeah the mouth call yeah, right they've, cha yeah. they've changed a lot this is actually one of the first ones that I ever made this is a true double um it's got two reads that are separating it And wow. this is more like the the ones that uh, are sold today. This is just a single frame. We still sell this. It's wow! All about lips and jaw. You got you got to use it the rhythm anyway. So grab a grab your box call real quick, um, and then right. give us this a little. A, this is a. Uh, I'll make some of the same sounds. Wow, that's that's incredible, really incredible. Okay, we, we we don't. I wish we had a, could spend a whole show on the calls. Grab your elk call, and uh, give us you a, want a bull bugle. or you want a cow. Give us a a bull. All right. <laughs> That's great. Here, well, look, you know, here, here's a cat. That's a cow elk. Well, look, we again, we could do a whole show on the technology, the testing, the competitive advantage that Will Primos created with his cause, which is why he's been so darn successful over all these years. But what's interesting to me, Will, is that in spite of the fact that you've made, this has become your, this is your business, this is your livelihood, this is how you made your living, you never ever lost the importance of your personal connection to the outdoors. At the end of the day, that's the thing that saved you, isn't it? I think it is, but I think even more focused than that, in any business, what is so important, especially when you're passionate about what you're doing, you've got to remember it's not about you. It's about your customer and serving him and helping him enjoy what you are trying to create something to do. So um, it, 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 those go hand in hand, but you've got to keep in mind it's not about you. It's not about you. So let's 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 
the evolution of the TV show so people can understand the video series. Tell us how successful that became. Well, it became so successful that, uh, I mean, and once again, go back to the book on the outliers, the opportunity that was available was creating VHS tapes, being able to record something, edit it and put it together. And so Walmart became our biggest distributor and they would start stocking them in June and we would sell literally millions of videos to Walmart and everybody was getting ready for elk. Elk was the big primer because elk came first and then came whitetail. Then you, then you had the predator and the waterfowl and all the other things. That, and then Turkey came around in the spring. So it was a constant feed. And then we went to DVDs and the VHS went away. And then Oh, my gosh, that revenue stream dried up because of the, the Internet that we're on now that we're able to communicate like this and to, to be interviewed and have, a, have a, 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 a talk radio show like this. I mean, all this is possible, but it, it drove away the need for the DVD. And so now it's all about streaming and everybody wants it free. <laughs> Everybody wants it free, but you still maintain your presence on the outdoor channel, and that's been a that's been a really big uh, communicator for you in terms of your TV show. That's been a long uh, association, hasn't it? It has since nineteen ninety nine, I think. Um, you know that it, we we continue to have the most fantastic guys: Troy Ruiz, Lake Pickle, and Jordan Blissett. They're the guys behind the camera more times than not. Um, and then you've got Brad Ferris and Jimmy and me, and we're the primary ones on the, on the TV show. But going elk hunting, going deer hunting, waterfowl, turkey, th those guys are hunters first. They get behind the camera, and they hunt with the camera. Uh, a lot of times, they're the reason we're successful. Not because of me or Jimmy or Brad. It was because one of them knew what to do or knew what and saw it before anybody else did. Well, yeah, Lake and I had a, a great conversation about how how the authenticity is so important. You know, authenticity, people people pick up on authenticity and they, they, they immediately realize when it's not there as well. That's always been really important to you. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the truth about hunting. And, um, and then we're going to talk about a conservation trust fund that Mississippi has an opportunity to develop. We didn't, we didn't get it done this year. Hopefully we can get it done in the next legislative session. We'll mention that before we get out the air. But uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Will Primus. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Will Primos from Primos Hunting and from from uh, the TV show Primos Speak the Language. Hey, before we uh, kind of close the chapter on the TV show, Will, get, uh, grab one of your duck calls and, and give us a give us a mallard real quick. This is a winch. <laughs> 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 
that's a good one. That's a good one. You know, when you talk about waterfowl, like like this is a speckle belly, and you've got to have so many, uh, so much understanding and different techniques to be able to blow these calls. And then you switch over to a Canada goose, and it's a total different technique. So, learning how to do this, you're speaking the language. You've got to learn how to create these sounds that these animals do with an instrument, not unlike using uh, uh, symphony orchestra instruments. Well, no doubt, and there's a skill involved. The earth has music for those who listen, as Shakespeare said. Um, so, the, you know, the TV show continues to, to provide opportunities for people to enjoy the outdoors. You guys have such a layback style. But authenticity is really important. You said a long time ago, what's happened in the, in the TV production world is that a lot of staged hunts and strange angles and some things that may not necessarily be true. You said you're not going to take that route. The truth actually became sort of this brand promise from from Primos. Tell why that was so important. Yeah. Well, uh, but because God's in control, uh, because I'm a believer and I love him and I do not want to disappoint him. And when I do, oh, I pay the price. So I, I can remember an elk hunt we were on. It was a five day elk hunt. We've been three days and we hadn't done any good yet. We were not getting the footage we need. We're not we're not calling up any elk. It's just not happening. And the guys were just all bummed out. They said, we ain't going to get this done. It's not going to happen. And I'm going, hey, I don't know what's going on, but God's given you exactly what he wants you to have. Embrace it. Take a deep breath and enjoy your time in the mountains. Oh, my gosh. The next day, we call it the worm turned. All we had to do was make a call and elk were running us over. <laughs> so just, you just got to gotta have faith. And it's not easy. Faith is not easy. God just wants us to have faith. He wants us to have trust, uh, and he'll show us the grace. Well, you and I, we, uh, we haven't talked about this, and we don't have the time to get into the whole uh, evolution, but you spent a lot of time hunting in the Mississippi Delta. You owned and have leased some of the most amazing ground in the state of Mississippi. So I talk about on this show that all the time the role that the Delta plays in our enjoyment of the outdoors. I, I, the name of my hunting club is called, this little family hunting club, is called Delta Bluffs. Part of it's in the Delta, part of it's in the Bluffs. And now you guys have uh, cuts. Zoo Bluff, uh, which is not far, actually, from the ground that I have over in Shula. And you're, you're making the transition to the Bluffs from the Delta. The hunting there is going to be great. It's going to take you a few, few years to figure it out. But one of the things that Lake talked about was that, you know, it was a good year, but it was also frustrating as you guys learned a new ground. But, but if that's the story, that's the story that's going to get conveyed on the next series, isn't it? That's exactly right. you got to let the story tell itself. Yeah, and what I love about it, you can't, way, for, you, can't, you can't force it. You cannot force it. What 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 I like about it though is that that actually is the story that most people experience. If you're going going to you know, public land and you're trying to figure it out, or maybe you lease a new piece of land, you know the reality is you just don't go in there and start you know seeing deer and you know seeing big mature deer. It takes you a while. You got to learn the land. You got to figure out what's the best way to lay this thing out. It may take two or three years to really understand it, and it will be great watching your journey at Kudzu Bluff on 
the show, show the next uh, over the next two or three years. Hey, listen, Will, before we uh, get too far away from it, I just want to mention it was a pleasure to work with you recently as we were focused on that conservation trust fund that Mississippi has an opportunity to develop. And you know, there's a lot of conversation been going on behind the scenes. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that next year we'll be able to pull it off. What it, what it will essentially do for people who have not paid attention to it is uh, in year three, it will create about $15 million a year that gives Mississippi the opportunity to go get a significant amount of federal matching funds in order to improve outdoor recreation in Mississippi. Uh, essentially, uh, states like uh, Georgia, for example, they took $20 million and made it almost $100 million. So it's a really good investment. There's a lot of reasons why this would be a good thing. It didn't happen this past year. We had some opposition from the lieutenant governor, but I'm hoping that we can shift gears, convince the lieutenant governor that this is a good thing for conservationists in Mississippi. And it's time for Mississippi to sort of carve out its it's uh, it's opportunity here to get these federal matching funds. This is something you really believe strongly about, isn't it, Will? I really do. And most of the land in Mississippi is owned by private individuals. And if you're not going to involve the private individuals in conservation, you're not going to win the war to provide conservation to put it on the ground. You've got to embrace it. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's one of the things that Lieutenant Governor took out of the bill. He didn't want any private lands involved. And if you think about the farming community, just the role they play in conservation alone is very significant. Everything, so flows, about- everything, everything flows downstream. Remember that. So if a farmer up here is not doing the right thing, you might pay the price down here. There's no doubt about it. But anyway, I'm hopeful we can convince the lieutenant governor to uh, to make some some concessions and enable us to get a bill that passed the House 117 to two, I might add, uh, to become law here in, in this in the state and, and move things forward in a way that's going to really help the recreational opportunities in Mississippi. Hey, Will, final words. We have less than a minute left. Just just want to give you the chance to say one final word. Well, I thank you so much for having me here. You know, in life, you get lots of opportunities to make decisions. Sometimes you might get close to compromising what you really believe in because it looks easy. I want to say one thing, and I've got it right here. Discipline is simply turning down what I want now so I can have what I want most. Yeah, that, that's there so true. There it is. There it is. There right it is. There. <laughs> there it is. Stay strong on a- my computer. It's been a pleasure to have you on Coast View, and uh, we'll, we'll be talking again soon. I look forward to staying in touch, and um, thank you for all your contributions. And when I refer to you as Mississippi's most important outdoor a- uh, ambassador, I mean it, and I think most people will, will sign up for that for sure. Thanks for all thank you, your contributions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to say one quick thing. Edward Hoseman's a good man. He needs education. He needs to understand what this Conservation Trust Fund is all about and what it will do for Mississippi as a whole, for the not only the economic side of it, but for all Mississippians to get outside and enjoy the outdoors. Delbert, I I, I hope you have this opportunity to visit with him. Me too. Maybe we can visit with him together. Yeah, we'll see how maybe that one. Okay, listen, uh, have a great day, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. 
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.